Hey, it's Ross Payton with Role Playing Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 195. OMG, the OGL. How you doing there, uh, Caleb? Wow. <laughs> I'm, I am glad to be in this port in the storm of discourse. Yeah, yeah. It's been a uh, wild couple of weeks, and I just want to be clear, like, this is like watching a tropical storm hit land from where I'm at now in Missouri. Yeah. Like I could not be more insulated from this. I could not be more grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, it is causing some damage over there in third party publisher <laughs> land. And I feel terrible for those people. Um, but the, the other factor of this is that um, this tropical storm is also hilariously inept and bad at their jobs. <laughs> so it's really a mix of emotion, like feeling very sorry for some very, very real hurt that people are going through and then just like astounded curb your enthusiasm bafflement <laughs> at like the cause of this particular weather event yeah um yeah, yeah. and i'm glad to just be at a table talking about it staring at ross's refrigerator <laughs> it's uh comfortingly desensitized uh, yeah. okay yeah. yeah uh so yeah we're talking about the open game license situation with wizards of the coast and D. um and it, if you have been on social media in the last couple of weeks i'm sure you've heard about it but if not we'll, we're here to sort of shine a little light on it and our insight into the whole situation uh for that we do have a bit of uh news uh, I, I just want to yeah. say if you haven't heard about this you won and so did we (laughs) because we get to tell you about it yes yes Mm -hmm. we yep exactly uh you can't have a you can't have a war without a a loser and uh you're welcome and it's a tie yeah uh so uh yeah, so a bit of news, uh, just our update on the RPPR Patreon. Um, I've started a new bonus podcast series called The Recommendizer, where we get recommend we give recommendations to the listeners. Uh, Bridget and I talked about Signalis and other and Resident Evil and survival horror and th- the themes of survival horror and why it's scary and uh, that kind of thing. Episode one is out for now, uh, and we'll be doing that as addition to After Hours. After Hours will be coming out soon, uh, where we're, where uh, we talk about the lowest rated Call of Cthulhu book. Uh, as judged by RPG.net. Um, so it's from 1997. And hey, so far. Yeah, so far. Mm-hmm. Actually, Chaosium has been pretty good lately. This is the old Chaosium before they nearly collapsed because of financial mismanagement. So this is like back when Chaosium was kind of a zombie company running. And this is also in the, ni- the 90s. Uh, they had graphic design back then with <laughs> fonts that were unreadable like uh, uh like white wolf you know they're just ripping off white wolf so uh check out the patron for that uh caleb what's been going on on uh desert green dead channels and uh that your other projects uh we are going through a second test of god's teeth with a brand new cast that was unexposed to the first version um i am in a version of the fourth complete rewrite of the campaign um, so one day Shane will get tired and publish it. And then I'll be in the running for the worst Call of Cthulhu book. <laughs> Aww. Caleb Stokes has joined the battle. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll be talking about me on a podcast one day in hateful, laughable tones. Oh, no. Um, but anyway, it's been entertaining to play and listen to, and people are enjoying it. So that's what's going on at dead channels. Um, heaven on games is currently, uh, on hiatus. It's still there. If you would like to back us, we only charge once we release something. It's not a monthly fee 
fee. Yeah, per item. Um, but um, I am currently deep in Red Market Second Edition, so that Ooh. is what I am working on there. Cool. Yeah, uh, something that we will undoubtedly be podcasting about at some point mm-hmm. this year. I, I'm just going to make that wild, bold prediction. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got to get an in-person game. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is too many moving parts to do online. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have been looking at larger tables so we can accommodate that kind of thing and uh, physical tables like in person because the, uh, yeah, but that is the old ways, the old ways. Yes. Uh, we used to have traditions. So onto the topic at hand, uh, we are talking about the open game license, uh, which was released like over 20 years ago, uh, with the release of third edition Dungeons and Dragons, which was a watershed moment in tabletop RPG history. Um, And in short, uh, it was, uh, I believe, spearheaded by Ryan Dancy, who was a wizard of the coast at the time. And uh, the idea was to sort of like take the idea of like, you know, uh, open source software and apply it to tabletop games. Uh, But, you know, Ryan was trying to ensure wizards and or D&D's dominance of the tabletop market because his idea is if all the third party publishers, all the minor publishers were making D&D content, people would buy the official D&D stuff, like the books, i.e. trying to basically their business model was selling as many player handbooks as possible. What if different people paid our advertising fee to third party people to do the advertising for us? Yes. Yeah. Um, A smart idea mm -hmm. in the realm of capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the open game license 1.0 was uh, basically... Uh, I am not a lawyer, you know, preface that off, you know, and there has been a lot. What? Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I don't. Yeah. My luxurious lifestyle is not uh, supported by uh, a legal. I department. have been deceived. <laughs> if you are a real lawyer listening to this, I have a case for you. <laughs> uh, so um, the the idea is that in an open game license, you can specify certain parts of your book, certain parts of your writing can be used by other people as long as they put it under the same uh, license. And so like the in D&D, it's like you can say, well, here's the stat block for an orc or a goblin. You can just copy that stat block and put it in your adventure about killing goblins and orcs or whatever um, or this spell. And so like there's, a, you know, a, a practical um, use for it in that if you want to write just fancy adventures or fantasy settings or whatever, you can just like use D&D mechanics and get on uh, with it. Uh, now, it is important to note that there there's open game content, but you can also identify in your own license what is product identity. Product identity is content that is protected. It is not open and you cannot use it without permission. I can actually help on this. Yeah. Uh, a, because I am a lawyer and I've passed the bar <laughs> in every country on earth. Uh-huh. Uh, and B, because while my, my legalese is rusty, uh, mm-hmm. I get yelled at this shit probably on a daily dealing with Delta green content. So Mm -hmm. the fun of it is, is that you cannot in any way, shape or form copyright a game mechanic. Right. And I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Um, and it's true. Like the, you know, the concept of hit points, we are not pairing Gary Gygax as a state 
every time someone uses the concept of hit points in a game Mm -hmm. or else he would like be bigger than Bezos now off like every single gaming royalty on earth. Right. Um, Not a thing that happens. Can't do it. Um, What you can do is expressions, copyrights for expressions. So that is specific terms. Mm -hmm. And um, that is usually in legalese, specific terms spelled a specific way, which is why uh, Chaosium will come at me with uh, attack lawyers if I spell buy a key the wrong way mm-hmm. or say it or print it anywhere near a printing press mm-hmm. um, like because uh, it, it can be copyright trolled in that regard. Yeah. So like um, what I find interesting in the uh, two YouTube videos I watched on this subject in order to get my law degree that is universal and international mm-hmm. um, is that like the OGL is kind of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. In the first place, it's more permission than anything. Yep. Like it's more like a clearly defined line and open accountability statement mm-hmm. uh, about defining what we are going to call IP expression and what we are going to call mechanic mm-hmm. and where you can do that and how you can market and license these things. Because like, in actuality, like if the OGL hadn't existed in 2000, most of the stuff the third party publishers have been putting out for D&D, with the exception of like using certain terms they've given up, like a beholder monster and stuff like that. Well, there's a uh, for certain D&D monsters, they're also trademarks. So beholders yes. and mind flayers and a few other things. And those are product identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but like what permission, like Knowles, for instance, mm-hmm. like uh, our hyena men, as I call them. And I just want to be clear, that would be enough to never pay D&D a dive if I used pretty much everything from Knowles. Mm-hmm. If I used a different term, yeah, you're done. Yeah. Like as you're, long you're, as you don't use the specific language. Yes, yes, uh, and that's the thing. Like the OGL is sort of unnecessary. It's mm-hmm. just permission and being very clear and upfront, which is good in any business situation. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, that, which is amazing how they fucked up something this bad. Yeah, <laughs> on so, what is essentially a document that was fundamentally unnecessary yeah. beforehand. Um, because back even back in the early days of uh, RPGs, like Judges Guild was doing unlicensed D and D compatible with the world's most popular role-playing game was a is a common phrase um but like the uh so yeah you can as if you use the ogl as a third-party person you can say every this is the ogl content this is the product identity that's still protected for example base raiders uses the ogl because i use that from the original version of fate well i use strange fate which comes from kerberos club which comes from the original version of fate which all use the ogl and in that, I said the mechanics are OGL, the the setting and everything else, the characters are all product identity. No one else can use those. Um, but the uh, but the mechanics, yeah, are OGL. So like um, the what happened is in the early 2000s, everyone got on this bandwagon because with the OGL, you could say you're compatible with Dini. It was a marketing thing to say like, oh, yeah, you have the player's handbook. Um, you can uh, grab all this third party stuff like White Wolf jumped in on that immediately with the sword and sorcery. Uh, brand like they put out a monster manual I think it was called the creature collection before the official monster manual came out and they made a killing on that mm-hmm. um, and so it created this you know the d20 shovelware era yeah, uh, yeah. and the glut the glut and then that led to the bust and then that led to starting the, the first indie RPGs that the new RPGs like the four that are registered as indie RPGs yeah, yeah, and not like, a distant memory in uh, James's mind or a play trust draft <laughs> touched one time and 
the fall of 1982. Uh, James Wallace, yes, yeah, my yeah. co-host for uh, Lot of Narrative Dissidents, which you should, aka the Rememberer or <laughs> whatever we want to call. Yeah, yes, the the the, the historian. Um, so um, that the OGL 1.0 has been around for 20 years, and not many games use it now. But obviously, there's a ton of older stuff that uses it. Uh, in terms of open, there's now a lot. Well, of, there's also like entire competitors to DD that use it now. Well, they um, use different licenses. Now. Yeah, they, they do now, but like yeah. they started off using it. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh and this is the part that like is the sad part. Mm-hmm. Uh so we'll save the we'll save the the fun the dessert for last mm-hmm. going on the actual D D tries to deal with this shit because mm-hmm. that's where the comedy lives. Oh, but, sure. But right now it's the tragedy. It's first is tragedy, then is farce. <laughs> because like Cobalt Press, uh-huh. uh all these like fantastic third party publishers mm-hmm. who are supporting like an ecosystem of full-time designers, which mm-hmm. is so rare in an industry. So under monetized like mm-hmm. this, um, just having that shit kicked out from under them is, uh, like massive, like yeah, yeah. Ma- massive. Cause like the, the part, I think the initial leaked draft said something like if it's over 325,000 a year or something. Seven, well, there's different tiers. Yeah. Th- yeah. There's like different tiers for like under 50,000 between 50,000 and 750,000 and then yeah. over 750,000, I think. But like, yeah. And it's like, well, we're just going after these, these big boys. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. And like what people don't understand is that as a big boy company, if you're pulling in like $300,000, $500,000 a year and you have people working for you and you're steadily putting out third party content, because in that area, you have to publish not just a lot fast. Like it's it's like you are half of all things mm-hmm. on DTRPG. Like you've got to be on there. That's why people are putting like D100 lists of earthenware jars you find in a dungeon. Right. Like, like trying to keep their... Uh, well, bid- those aren't the big boys though. I know, but yeah. like trying to keep their bid up. Well, these aren't the big boys either. Yeah, 300, yeah. 400,000. Like let's say you hire three people. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not making $100,000 a year because you're not counting freelancing because like if there are those three people doing all of the art, all of the layout and all of the writing, mm-hmm. doubtful. That might be the three people you have editing, writing full time. Mm-hmm. That might be an in-house person you have, but you're still going out for like spot fills. You're still going out for layout. Um, it's gone already. It's gone in payroll. Like, and you're yeah. not making a lot. You're clearing like 40, 50, yeah. meaning enough to have like a kid or maybe own a home. If you like lucked into it, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're, you're not Richie, Witch. you're not Jeff Bezos. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, it's just saying that like, anytime you go above this 20% of your bottom line goes to me. Yeah. Like, and not like Mart and like, that not, would kill the, yeah, the margins would kill it. Yeah. yeah well, it's, it, I think it's even not marginal at certain tier rates. It's just right. like everything like, and like, yeah, it's just kicking the floor out, which according to leaked documents from D and D cause there's not D&D Watsy because they're so bad at this mm-hmm. uh, was the plan yeah. <laughs> to start actively yeah. destroying competition. So yeah, yeah what happened is I th- last month, <laughs> December. Um, the- yeah, we should probably go through a timeline. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so there's third ed came out, uh, fourth ed came out and they tried something different called the GSL, the game system license, which everyone hated because it was more restrictive. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to Pathfinder becoming a thing like Paizo. Everyone was like, Oh no, we'll, we'll stay with her. Also for, you know, fourth ed sold well, but like it did not catch on like third ed. And then fifth ed came out and it was uh, back to the OGL. And, uh, you know, stranger things happen. It became this huge thing. The, and like, there's this huge sphere of RPGs that's just, fifth at D&D. Uh, but then in December, uh, people started leaking that they were going to that Wizards of the Coast was going around and uh, going, you know, we have the OGL 1.1. 1. 1. 
and it's going to have these new terms and like uh, there's these new margins. You have to pay us more. There's restrictions on what you can do. Uh, we also can use your content if it's uh, published on the OGL without paying you for anything, uh, among other things. It was just like um, this. And now this. Th- and to be clear, yeah. the leaked 1.1 draft is not a draft. Yeah. Um, they claim that multiple times. And as a person who's gone to a lawyer for gaming contracts yeah. for better licenses, yeah. creative comments, I will tell you that like, it's not a draft when they have leave place here for signee mm-hmm. and leave address. Like, cause that's the only thing missing from the 1.1. That's the contract. Like it's yeah. a form letter. That's how they work. You don't go to the lawyer for every individual contract mm-hmm. you sign with people. You go for a boilerplate and then there are the mad lib fill in the blanks of sucker here. Yeah. Um, and that's all that was released. Everything else was like fully cited according to law, according to the state in which Watsi's housed, mm-hmm. like all that shit was full consultation paid for, uh, which meant it was, which meant they were planning to put it out on January 4th, but obviously got leaked to the press. Uh, lots of news stories about it. Lots of negative press, obviously uproar from the fans, uproar from the publishers, especially because this was like, as you were saying, going to kill their business model. Like, And uh, we've yeah. also gotten like tweets, which are unconfirmed from yeah. people uh, talking about like how the reason this is not a draft is because it was already in use because they were approaching larger third party publishers mm-hmm. saying you only get the meeting about the future of D&D, i.e. the future of your business. If you sign an NDA sight unseen and don't go in mm-hmm. without it, and then they were pitched on more exclusive, better clause out versions yeah. of this in exchanges of uh, better rates after the back end and the increase and told like high, high pressure, Andrew Tate, like cult sales tactics, like you sign today mm-hmm. or you go figure it out. Yeah. And this is free choice. Mm-hmm. And either way, once you entered the room, it doesn't matter what we said in here. You can't talk about it or we sue you. And like, that is predatory AF like that. That is nightmarishly bad. And the only people breaking that are people saying like, well, they say it's allegedly a draft. So I'm going to say allegedly if I was allegedly approached by an alleged Watsi and allegedly told to sign an NDA, I imagine in that room they would say something like this Yeah, (laughs) And, and releasing all that. And so. Um, it, it's getting messed up on there. And then you have, uh, it, well, now we're just into Watsi's response, which has been uh, yakety sacks worthy. I yeah. will say like needs a on the background. Yeah. The silence has been deafening. They did release a statement eventually, uh, which, which is re- one of the most laughable PR. Oh yeah. Uh, whiffs. We I've- both won. Yeah. <laughs> The fans won, and we we rolled a we, natural one. We rolled a natural one. Yeah. Like, oh man, no, like, like we'll put a link to the statement. You can read it for yourself. Very thoughts yeah. and prayers. Like, we see you. Yeah, we hear you. Um, yeah, that's truly amazing. Um, and then the additional last for that, the critical role res- non-response response. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, uh, yeah, they put out a statement saying we support creators or something like that. It was in- well, they're already probably like three or four deep yeah. on, um, contracts on like contracts that say they can't non disparage. Yeah. That, much, that yeah. they say can't say shit about Watsi, yeah. which means there's that. But the other thing is, and I've heard this from somebody, at least it's hearsay from someone who does know somebody in the company is like, if 
it comes out that like in that third party high sales approach, Critical Role signed on for like something that is not nearly this bad. Yeah. Which when you were backed with, I don't know, Jeff Bezos monies and the only lo- lawyers that could consume Hasbro, like the Langoliers, um, like I imagine they got a pretty fucking sweetheart deal. Yeah. And if they signed on knowingly mm-hmm. <laughs> before this shit broke, like, God, that could be like, this is bad now. But that is like, oh, the fire hit the ammo dump. Like. Yeah, this, yeah. this 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 got really fucking bad. Yeah. Like, because like they are a, a load bearing pillar yeah. of a brand that is currently in free fall collapse. I think I read today that like, uh, and again, all this is unconfirmed Twitter sources that like D and D Beyond lost forty thousand subs. Yeah like yearly so like that is huge i've never i don't think i've had forty thousand patreon subscribers kickstarter <laughs> subscribers twitter subscribers and yeah. facebook friends in my life and you lose oh god that's a lot of money it's a, it is yeah yeah um yeah and so we we can speculate endlessly about what's happening there uh but we i mean we just don't know but like it's obviously they are recalibrating what they want to do, but like their end goal is obviously like to, well, okay. So, uh, recently they, like a couple months ago, someone at the company said, uh, at the Hasbro, I think said that D and D is being under monetized. And yeah, so I that, think that's that, the genesis that, of all of this. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, preface is the, even the leak of 1.1. Yeah. And, uh, so all of this seems to be that the executives at Hasbro and wizards of the coast are unhappy with uh dnd as it is now which is dnd as it fifth ed exists now is like a quarterly release model for books like they release about you know four to six books every year and very uh, traditional publishing very traditional well, quarterly yeah. sales yeah they have dnd beyond which is yeah. their online thing with character sheets and you know stuff like that uh and then they have merch obviously tons of merch uh there's a movie coming out this year there's a, <laughs> maybe yeah well <laughs> maybe there's a movie coming out it's already year. made as far as i can tell it's already in the can uh, uh yeah. yeah it might be in the trash can with batgirl and i mean they other tax yeah that's true that maybe the tax write-offs better than the box office receipts yeah that's actually a good point well that that's what i want to bring yeah, up yeah. Here. like you say we don't know what's going on in there i believe that's absolutely true yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on yeah, yeah i also feel like i absolutely know what's going on <laughs> there because uh what's going on there is a broad spectrum mm-hmm. collapse in late capitalism finance mm-hmm. uh and the algorithm is no longer supporting these business models. So Hasbro's uh, Hasbro stock is down before all this starts. Yeah. Toy uh, sales are down, which, you know, and uh, Magic the Gathering made a lot of like uh, stepped in a lot of like landmines. They they did a lot of like short term cash mm-hmm. grabs of releasing overpriced cards, yep. collector's cards and shit like that. I'm not a Magic the Gathering follower, but even I heard about that. And like they really damaged the value of Magic the Gathering as a brand. Like, well, well, the thing is, this is like, I, I don't want to focus on gaming because like that's yeah, yeah. a bad thing that quote unquote the gamers do often yeah, yeah. and like like they uh but here's the thing like this is happening everywhere mm-hmm. like patreon tried to do it with their sneaky fee change and yeah. there was a massive blowback but the problem was that they sold out to a bunch of vc assholes for sh- short casts mm-hmm. and the vc asshole says you got to start making money now and then it almost crashed the fucking platform mm-hmm. and so they pulled back and kickstarter did it with the fucking crypto shit but they never got rid of the crypto guy the guy in charge of kickstarter is still the ceo of nft land before he was the ceo 
video of fucking a Kickstarter. It's still an NFT, bro, which means the Kickstarter pulled back uh, because the NFT collapsed, not because of fan reaction. Yeah. And that they're literally just waiting for crypto 3.0 or 4.0 or whatever we're on in the scam cycle. The metaverse. And uh, what really blew my mind about like all this shit of like the numby has to go up, mm-hmm. but saturation has a preached totality and wages have not risen since the 70s so everyone is utilizing the maximum they possibly can on fucking disposable income and you do an entertainment thing that has a community right yeah every time this happens and the vc bros get in it's just like well we'll burn it all down to show that we are monetizing it and if it works we numby went up and if it doesn't work numby went down which means next year Numby will go up and we can show that to our shareholders as long as we survive this heinous, like nose burying trash of the fucking stock. (laughs) And then like, it's wild to me that all this happens and we're having this debate currently on Twitter that is doing this exact thing with its $8 fucking check marks and bring back the Nazis and all of the fucking advertisers running for the fucking hills. And we're doing this fucking debate over this shit on an example of it. And people are just like, man, I hope that all the gaming companies come together and make one new better D and D. And I'm just like, well, where did you say that at Mastodon co-host Twitter, Facebook, I could just rattle off a list. Like you're having an, a conversation about the fragmentation of an online community on an example of a fragmented online community. And you still think you have some control over this. Like, no, this is sociological now. Like, and it yeah. was sociological at the start they needed numby to go up because that's all the algorithm allows yeah and uh it's hell or high wild it's damn the torpedoes i think many people knew this was stupid on the lower end i think many people screamed about it i think they were fired yeah (laughs) there have been rumors that yeah like some of the rumors are that like wizards of the coast executives uh fire anyone who spoke up against it uh just like elon musta just like kickstarter fired anyone who tried to unionize like this is just a trend the weirdness is is that it's hit like a tabletop. It's hit an analog space. Yeah. But the the problem is, is that the reason those guys are freaking out is because they see video game money. Yeah. They want video game money. The reason this is happening is because it's an analog space and a social activity. And uh, I think Corey Doctorow said it that's because he, 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 when the Twitter thing happened, he put up a, an essay by one of his friends that's called, uh, that was about early fan fiction forums, like yeah. web 1.0 that's called everybody stop talking and start buying things, mm-hmm. which is you have these online communities or these physical communities of D and D that are subsidized by large corporations. Watsy Hasbro, um, in the hope that it has a marketing return. It yeah. is, it is a loss leader towards selling a book or selling a subscription or selling a product. Like, like, thing like that. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that um, humans don't need much beyond food and shelter. And once they're socially fulfilled, they want a lot less. Like they want less things. They want less of your stuff. They have the game book already. They don't want a 30 second Storm Coast campaign. They can write their own thing because they got an idea from it. Like they stop consuming and that's not allowed. It's, yeah. it's just not allowed. Well, by the product. I think, yeah. And then it becomes, we got to cash in this check of this community. But the thing is, the people aren't there for you anymore. They're there for each other. 
And it always causes this stab. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like uh, the, you know, Ryan Dancy, when he was making the OGL, is like our business model is selling player handbooks. Um, but the and everything else is just marketing to get people to buy more handbooks. But mm-hmm. now the the business model has changed to subscriptions, D&D beyond. Like that's sort of the direction D&D was going with one D&D. That's going to be the big thing. The next quote unquote edition. And. Um, you know, there's a rumor today that was like, oh, there's going to it's everything's moving to this D&D Beyond. The highest subscription tier is going to be 30 bucks a month. They're going to ban homebrew content at the lowest tiers. Um, they're going to ban all you know, they're, 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 they want what they want is a captive player base where everyone's paying, you know, five to 30 bucks a month, preferably 30 bucks a month. Right. And to play D&D just in this, they want to make D&D into a walled garden because they see the idea of the old paradigm of buying some books and then using those forever as a failure of business. Like instead of, you know, a book is a durable good. But if you put all your D&D content onto the on into the this online service, then you could pull it back at any time. They have to keep paying to access it. You know, it's it's a forever business thing. Like, yeah, yeah. there, there's a calorie definition of sustainability. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, like we we coined the term as animals that need nutrients to live. Like sure. we didn't coin it based on e- economy. Sustainability is as much comes out as much comes in. And just you got to think about capitalism, man. That is absolute failure. Yeah. If you spend as much money as you actually make, not not what's on your accounting sheet, not what's on taxes, not the lies that like, oh, Amazon actually lost $20 billion this year. Money, please, to the government, that shit. Like, in actuality, if you sell as much as you make and no more, you are an absolute failure in business. And it's just once that you once you realize that's the mindset, it's got to be more. It's got to be sustainable is dead more like mm-hmm. domination top once you realize that that's the only way the ratchet pulls yeah like if it was just subscription models mm-hmm. if it was the same ogl but all they put in was like actually you can't be a bigot mm-hmm. like like uh no more like horrible uh jokey right roll right wing troll content and sure. like like they eliminated that part of the thing i think they would have gained people making third party content sure just by saying that and they would still have a 30 dollar a month subscription model and like if you went to my father mm-hmm. who who started gaming in the 80s and told him you got to pay 30 bucks to pay D dad he would get a gun <laughs> he would get a gun and tell you to get off his fucking property because that is not normalized to him no but it would have been normalized to us because we're the generation of fucking horse armor and yeah. like shit like this has been happening in video games for years but even then even then not enough not enough. gotta go further gotta push beyond that because you know what everyone's doing the subscription thing now you just accept that you're gonna lose x amount of your monthly income to netflix and game pass and this and that and the other they had that in the bag but if everyone has it that's sustainable yeah and that's death so what do we got to do more sell us your firstborn child (laughs) like we own your house now if you put an elf in something like they can't fucking resist no um and and this is just an example of that happening over and over and over again it's just come to the table yeah 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 it's it's happening everywhere um 
Like I know in desktop publishing, like, you know, Adobe InDesign is a paradigm and obviously Adobe uh, moved to a subscription model years ago. But Affinity Publisher came out a couple years ago and was like, hey, look, you just pay us once and you have Affinity Publisher ever. But I think they recently say, hey, well, we have a subscription service now. Um, it's it's just yeah, irresistible to have uh, this myth of uh, explosive growth. Now, in terms of tabletop gaming, uh, there has been uh, a response, obviously, from uh, all the third parties uh, notably like for example paizo but, but here's uh, the thing yeah, if, yeah. if if they don't clear out the watsi like rot that yeah. decided this was a good idea and considering that they were probably in with the hasbro rot in the first place i doubt that's happening that's the thing they are going to see explosive growth if they keep the lights on yeah because like this year's going to be bad but if people still like well I know the rules to this one. Yeah. And in 2024, some of them stick around compared to the year where they drove it into the fucking cliff. It's going to be like, wow, look, we're up 400%. <laughs> and that's all they care about. I mean, yeah, they're there. I mean, we, we talk about this, but there is a huge, huge number of players who only engage with D and D and like maybe critical role and that's it. And they don't pay attention to anything else. And like are, some of them just absolutely adamant. Like the, the idea of playing another game is an offensive idea to them. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of those people are in real life, but like, there's a lot of people who are just we're like, we're not into like game theory and like yeah. where this goes yet. And we might be like, that might be fun to do. I'm not yeah, yeah. sticking by any predictions, but one thing I will say, I will never predict is like D and D goes away. There will be forever partisans. Yeah. Like if, if it becomes an absolute massacre, they will recede into the Hills and wage guerrilla warfare on the rest of gaming. Yeah. They're, <laughs> like they're, they're, they're not going anywhere, but, but like, I don't know if there's enough of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, are, are there, uh, are there enough of them to keep, you from like losing so much market. I mean, the thing is also in the last couple of years, but there was this sort of like, uh, especially uh, when you're a toy company who doesn't need this publishing shit. Yeah. And they can just like chop this shit. Actually, off, no, like, I think, I think right now it's kind of like the tail wags a dog. Like wizards of the coast is making more money for Hasbro than Hasbro. Yeah, it's true. Kids don't use toys anymore. They use video games. <laughs> yeah. The kids don't play board games and they don't use toys. Mm-hmm. Like toys are more for adults. Um, the, uh, Hasbro is more like a brand thing now because they want things like the Barbie movie and the G.I. Joe movie, but like um, the uh, As Battleship taught us, this will go well. Yeah, <laughs> like in the last couple of years, there was a, sort of this this huge uptick in D&D's popularity and, you know, perceived coolness between tra- Stranger Things and I think also Critical Role and the other celebrity like, you know, voice actor sort of actual play streams uh, has sort of uh, endeared people uh, uh, this this segment of the community that has wrapped their identity around playing D&D and thinking everything in D&D tropes and memes and that kind of thing. And uh, I some of them, I think, can be lured away from to, you know, a new sexy edition of Pathfinder or something like that. But like, I don't know. Um, so but Paizo, uh, in a coalition with other publishers, is creating what they call the Orc, the uh, the open role playing uh, license uh, or. Yeah, something like uh, that. Paizo, Cobalt Press, MCDM. I think Chaosium. Cha- yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, new Chaosium is actually pretty competent. Like they, they've been since- selling NFTs still. No. Well, well, actually, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'll give you that. Heroes of consumer yeah, yeah, sorry. justice. Chaos. I yeah. forgot about that. I think they've uh, kind of, uh, well. Uh, well, I mean, I think that that brings up a good point because yeah, yeah. I think that's the plan. Yeah. 
is forget about this. Yeah. We made our statement. We're going to go lick our wounds. Yeah. You're going to forget about this until someone better than us makes it normalized. And then we'll be back yeah. like that. That is their hope right now. Well, like, you, you mean wizards? Uh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's wizards hope right now. Yeah. So Paizo is definitely not going to let this go. And the other publishers are not going to let this go. They're, they've getting a lot of free publicity about this. They're going to make this ir- like the whole thing about the OGL is like, Wizards is trying to deauthorize the 1.0. Yeah. At least that's what the leak said, which mm. means like things like base raiders and everything else would be revoked, revoked, and like Wizards property. Which uh, Paizo's like, if that happens, if they do that, with Paizo is 100 going to sue them. Oh yeah, yeah. So there, and who knows how that'll play out in a court of law. Um, but uh, and and that could be horrific. It could be horrific. It could be great. Who knows? Uh, it, I'm again, it's a very. Uh, I think it's Delaware going to Chancery Court. I think it's going to be horrific. No, I don't know. Like it's, it's a pretty, you know, it's, I, I don't wizards has stepped on its foot a lot enough. Times. I know, but like when corporations that big and I'm not even talking about Paizo, but like yeah. Hasbro kind of shit, when they go, they, they often go to Delaware where corporations live. And like that, those are the same motherfuckers. who's like, Alex Jones, give them a billion dollars. Like they do not fuck around yeah. when it comes to like, like that is, that is uh and that's one thing. If you're like Amazon, like, yeah. okay. I, yeah. I, I have no idea how it could go. Like I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't even pretend to like get, you know, take bets on what, who, what side would win. I think, I, I don't think everyone would lose. Yeah. Like, like that's why I say it's ugly. Like once yeah. you establish legal precedence at that level, yeah. like it doesn't matter whether like the good guys win in that there's going to be so much law president established based yeah. on like, I mean, the expression fi- versus yeah. mechanic versus mm-hmm. what counts as tabletop versus what of this, like it's going to add a bunch of whole definitions to the fucking dictionary sure. uh, that you're using to define existing law with. It won't well, define new laws. The, it will change the interpretation of laws. The, yeah. the frustrating thing for me though, is that there's already perfectly usable license. Like the orc thing is just like publicity because uh, there's mm-hmm. a Creative Commons license. Like Evil Hat already has Creative Commons licenses that are perfect for open games. Yeah, there's and OG, that's what they do with all the new. There's versions OGLs of that aren't called OGL and have yeah, Creative Commons. Before. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, even beyond Creative Commons, yeah, yeah. Like, Creative Commons is internationally recognized and things like that. Yeah. But like, there are other game companies that have OGLs, like mm-hmm. that yeah. that are like separately signed yep. and, and things of like that. Yeah, nature. they don't have uh, Wizard's name in it, so they can't do anything. So you bring it. this up. How do you see this shaking out? Like, what are the possibilities? I think one possibility that's off the board is D and D goes away. I don't think no, 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 no. I don't. That's never been. You might not yeah. like. It's going to be Wizards of the Coast again. I think, like, but yeah, I think this is going to be like D and D has. I think there's going to be a new rule that every other edition D and D is just going to be badly received. Like fourth edition was like badly. It's be re- Star Trek movies. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> even numbers. You know, fourth and sixth. Um, so I think. Uh, I mean, even before this happened, one D and D people were like, you know, uh, this is. I was not getting good vibes from the community based on what I was scene and uh so i think wizards are gonna wait some time and they're gonna push the same stuff but in a watered down kind of way and they're just gonna slow roll this but like and the reaction is going to be very muted there's going to be no enthusiasm there's going to be no excitement there's not going to be hype for it and so people the hardcore DD players are going to get it because they don't give a shit about any of this this is all they're all oblivious to this all they pay attention to is what wizards do and what their favorite streamer does and uh but that's they're going to lose like you know 10 to 30 percent of the market from other people who are aware of this stuff and they're going to go to the new pathfinder and other games and um so i think the new edition is already just going to be eh, and uh wizards is not going to make the numbers that they wanted and uh but it's 
Yeah. I, I see gradations. Like if they shut the fuck up, yeah. I think the best thing for them and the most likely thing that would like work was they do the Elon Musk, like shut the fuck up, Elon. You're like, you're now you're going to take Tesla. <laughs> now we're going to get charges. You can no longer talk like, and, and like, we're going to hope you forget, which is happening. Like, like Twitter sucks now. Like it's, it's awful ads and worse people in your timeline and he's yeah. adding new features all the time, but he's being less loud about it. He's screaming less and it's old news because no one wants to talk about it anymore. And like, that's honestly probably in my eyes, the best case for Watsy. Cause yeah, there's the, at any given point, the majority of people who take D and D have no idea what you're talking. About. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that's the 10 to 30%. Like yeah, yeah. the other side of it though, is they keep talking and they keep doing those PR statements or yeah. it comes out that Critical Role signed on and signed off on all of this, which it doesn't matter what they say after that point. No. Um, and like, we're talking about this. I think I saw online, there's been like 500 YouTube videos cut on this in the last week alone. Oh, sure. Like everyone's making ink off this shit. Mm-hmm. Like if they keep talking and they keep this media cycle going, like that's the only part where like, I don't see an end to it. Now, well, there'll still be a Watsi, there'll still be in D&D. Oh, sure absolutely but at that point like i call that situation whale fall like there's yeah, yeah. there's gonna be but like the thing that happens whale fall i don't see like a new paizo emerging like maybe no. paizo takes share and now we're at true 50 50 because it was never that way no no even in, even in fourth ed yeah yeah paizo maybe that's like a that. worst case scenario for dd yeah, yeah. but like that's people just do not move unified anymore it just doesn't fucking happen yeah. like and then your bet like the best bet of that like you get an ecosystem of well, we don't have to do D&D shit anymore. So, like, let's get adventurous because everyone else is doing the same fantasy heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. And then we could get, like, some new games out of it. And I don't mean, like, new games that are indie and not D&D for the first time ever because indie games have existed for fucking decades, you mm-hmm. idiots. Play something else. But, like, maybe some bigger people with some more resources doing something mm-hmm. that is a more indie space, more storytelling based, not yeah, yeah. hex grid combat. Or if it is doing something new with it, like Lancer or something like that. Yeah. Like that's a lot of publishing resources to throw at a project that isn't fucking elves and hobbits. Yeah. Uh, and that would be cool. I think worst case scenario, there's now five pathfinders <laughs> and a D and D and uh Gen Con uh, sucks. We will be besieged on all sides. Aww. We will have to like, like fortify ourselves and like what little indie booths we can afford as we are just like consumed by yeah. fantasy flight Malias. Mono- I, like, I, yeah. I think the real question is, is like how much of the shit wizards of the coast is still going to try and push in. And uh, I think the one thing is they are definitely pissed at critical role or they're envious of critical role and dimension 20 and these other big streamers. They want a cut of that pie. They, yeah. they want, they, they want that. And I think there, there is going to be like, some kind of move to like, you got to pay us now. There's going to be some sort of like extortion, like kind of, th- I wouldn't say extortion, but like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to want to get all these big streamers to sign contracts with them and like, uh, give yeah. them a cut of that money, I, like I, the Twitch money and like everything. Like I, I do think like you know. a management of Watsy from what we've seen of the leaks and like the people who say they're on the inside and management opinion, like there might, there is kind of a, from hell's heart. I stab at the, yeah. Towards the fans. Like I oh, will yeah. get this fucking bread. Um, which is odd because like that would be the bad thing that would keep it in a news cycle. Yeah. And um, like the smart thing to do if you're Hasbro then is just like we've changed management. Thanks for your service. So and so. Yeah. And and then we pivot and we try and forget about it. And then you just wait for yeah. horse armor to be cool again. And you try again, just like crypto and everything. Else. That would be the smart money. Yeah. But like that said, do if you're Hasbro, mm-hmm. do you approve them doing this? 
if you're not already like one hundo in, yeah, um, like that's the real question there. Like if you're Hasbro CEO, like how bad does it have to get before you cut bait? What? On this CEO uh, pushing this, and yeah, I mean they're just they're in their own bubble. Like th- those exactly because you know they made the statement late last year before all this happened about them being under monetized. What do they do next? They literally cancel a bunch of D and D video games that are in development. So like they just like well, oh, speaking of people yeah. doing this, HBO Max and yeah, the yeah. entire animation line. Mm-hmm. What if we use the tax write off instead of letting people see the television shows we make? Like that is what I'm talking about. That yeah. is. Pure numby go up mindset. Like, Vulture capitalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Infinite growth in a finite world. And this is the logic of it. We have to start consuming our own TV shows yeah. like Saturn eats his young. Like mm-hmm. that is what you get with an anti-sustainability mindset. And all these people are there. Yeah. Like, yeah. They live there. Well, I mean, time. that was that was in the 2010s. That was the, the, the dominant like theory was that you grow, grow, grow at all costs. And then once you control the market, like you can figure out a profitable business model like that's literally uber mm-hmm. right like that's those fucking mm-hmm. electric s- scooters that were everywhere yeah um it's it's just the yeah uh the you can't just have a profitable business like D and can't is wait hugely for the sarah of D. <laughs> i feel like we've had to have that right well they're kind of trying it now they're talking yeah. about they wanted to put out rule 20 like ai dming oh that's and right yeah, they, yeah like god can you imagine yeah. something worse than chat gpt runs your game <laughs> yeah uh oh <laughs> Oh, that is depre- that is depressing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But they see anyone making money off anything D and D theme, and they're like, "Fuck you, that's us." But like, we have to be everything. Like, I mean, I feel like they're they're, they're it's incredibly short sighted because like the idea of like D and D's value as a brand is getting as many casual people in there who will occasionally like there's, yeah, there's a hardcore group of people who buy everything you do. And then there's like a small, a larger pool of people who buy like one thing a year or whatever. But then there's, a pool of people that's a hundred times larger. They're like, I've played D and D. Oh, I'll buy that t-shirt. I'll buy that little toy. I'll buy this. Th- I'll go see the movie, you know, because I like D and D vaguely. And like, I feel like by cutting off actual play streams or like, you know, like charging them. So there's going to be fewer, fewer of them. Right. Uh, and doing all these other short term moves, they're c- reducing the number of casual people who will uh, like, like buy D and D merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, one thing I want to say is that when, when you have this conversation, it's easy to be like, well, the old D and D was the way to do it because like, this is so fucking bad, but I want to be really clear as the person who wrote red markets, you know, capitalism bad (laughs) and uh, did in creative commons. I absolutely believe Watsy was a shitty company doing shitty things to workers and being exploitative before that, like OGL Mm 1.0, not a fan of it. Thought there were better ways to organize things better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And I support all the third party publishers getting their bag off that thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Go, go, go for it, fellas and ladies. Um, But like, I wasn't a fan of the company before this happened. But like, that's the thing to point out, I think, in the larger framework it is. It's not about a company that was good and got bad. It's about a bad actor that couldn't fucking resist. It's not. It's Andrew Tate, man. Like, it's like, oh, I have the Romanian mafia taxing things. And I've got this like harem of women I've kidnapped. And I live in this castle. And I have more money than God for doing nothing but sitting around sitting cigars what what i do need an 11th bugatti maybe i'll be really loud and get those rape charges reinvestigated like Mm -hmm. they can't help themselves like they are too rapacious Mm -hmm. they are they they want more and more and more and i know like the D &D thing isn't on the level of sexual assault but like 
Andrew Tate didn't do those things because he enjoyed them. He's a violent, sadistic sociopath. He doesn't have enjoyment. He's a psychopath. He does think because he wants Numby to go up. Mm-hmm. And like, while it's expressed in a different, more visceral, horrible way, these people want Numby to go up. It has to. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no other option for them. And it comes to the point, like any psychopath, like there's no Hannibal Lecters. There's no Moriarty's. If you don't feel human empathy, if you don't think about what your consequences do to human beings, and you fixate on something else, whether that's like, uh, you know, killing and murdering or harming people, mm-hmm. or whether that's like being the best uh, and getting your, you know, your employee of the month card from Hasbro and getting a better stock option. The second you're fixating on that above everything else, like they don't have the self control for it. Like yeah. capitalism doesn't have the self control for it anymore. They can't lay back in the pocket. They can't get the mid level grift. They can't do the John Goodman speech of like you get a house with a thirty year roof. Oh yeah, you pay off your mortgage, one and that's your. That Movie, and huh? that's your nut. That's your fuck you money. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like they can't do it. They cannot slow the roll. They need more. They go Scarface every time. Yeah. They they gotta like lie down in a pile of cocaine and start firing grenade launchers at the door. <laughs> they can't be satisfied. And I think that's just what's happening everywhere. Yeah. I think I, I think Watsy's just up. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I think it's a good way to end the discussion right now. Um, so Wizards of the Coast, like Scarface. Um, <laughs> like CPA Scarface. CPA Scarface. Yeah. 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 Uh, Some people have a bit more primal desires than others, but. Yeah. Uh, greed is greed. Greed is greed. Uh, so when we come back, we'll have some shout outs. <laughs> And we're back. I'll definitely have some epic D&D music for us uh, as the uh, segue music, because, you know, we, we love the epic fantasy stuff. <laughs> we're going on an adventure through copyright law. Exactly. So I'm going to start off our shout outs with a uh, movie. Uh, I think uh, we if you like horror, I think you'd like this. Uh, the menu. Uh, sorry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ralph Fiennes, uh, Anna Taylor J, I think. Um, and it's a foodie horror movie. It's about these very rich people who are paying like, you know, uh, 1200 bucks for a single meal. They, they have to take a boat to an island and Ralph Fiennes. Assholes. Is, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it's a critique of foodie culture and celebrity chefs I, I, and, yeah, and the food industry uh, restaurants. I, I do want to see it, yeah, but the yeah. reason I didn't see it is just like, well, a bunch of people I want to see die are probably going to die. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm done. <laughs> I can just imagine. So the trailer, I can imagine that now. Yeah. The, the trailer made me think it was like a cannibal, uh, most dangerous game kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they hunt down. The, I think they were going for that. Well, I picked that up too. They don't. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Yeah, and so like that's all I'll say about the the, the plot. But like, I'm it, on to the Malagnet game now. Man. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. It's extremely funny. It's extremely like horrific at times because uh, it is a horror movie, and uh, it's worth watching. Uh, Ralph Fiennes in particular is amazing as this like sadistic, like dead inside celebrity chef is just you could just see like thousand yard stare at all times. Like it's great. Um, and all that, the guests are great too in different ways. Like there's a lot of awful people in the movie and they're very entertaining to watch as bad things happen to them. Yeah. Chef as cult leader is a fun archetype. Oh it's yeah. Sort of like between this and the bear. 
Yeah. Shit like uh, Joel McHale and the bear is fucking awful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's he's the grossest person on earth. Like it's a good archetype to enter into the lexicon. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a fun movie. It's a fun horror movie. Uh, Spencer actually recommended it to me. And um, yeah, I think you, you would like it too. Spencer's the only person I know who's in danger of dying in a situation. (laughs) That was a, that was a PSA for him. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, Don't go to an Island for a meal. (laughs) Like don't go to an Island. Like, especially if the boat leaves after it drops you off. That's good in general for rich people. They're never up to any good on there. Yeah. Between this and glass. Yeah. Yeah. Worse things. Glass onion, you know, (laughs) glass onion. Yeah. yeah, It's just a, it's just a bad idea in general. Um, so yeah, uh, you recently read a book though. Uh, yeah. So I just read manhunt by, uh, Gretchen Felker Martin, and it is a fantastic zombie book. Um, it, you know, when I, as the guy who wrote Red Markets, I, uh, you know, zombies are so played out is maybe my least favorite take. Like it's yeah. a meta meta commentary Look, on it's okay it's okay the last of us made them good uh, oh my god yeah like <laughs> like video entire, game stories it's save video games just stories. at yeah. this point if you can't recognize the zombie as the modern myth structure it is mm-hmm. and like how prevalent it is and the fact that it's prevalent everywhere is maybe not entirely the result of capitalism but maybe because we are as storytelling human beings trying to find a vehicle with which to explain these things we Mm -hmm. find ineffable and confusing. Um, Like this is it. Like it's so vital. It's so fresh. It's so um, honest. It's so on apologetic Mm -hmm. and uh, intentionally brazen. Uh, It's very good. So the basic premise is, is that uh, it's, it's a zombie virus. Uh, It only affects testosterone. Oh, all men turn into horrible zombie monsters and they are, bad like you think oh, is this cross level bad it's it's close yeah okay, like yeah. Uh, you know uh, you know trigger warning for sa things of that nature yeah, yeah. uh our main characters are trans women oh their job is to hunt infected men uh butcher them for their testicles and upper kidney lobes and then process that into estrogen so the trans women do Don't not die. revert who are pre-op into becoming zombies. And then there is also a trans man character uh, who is like a sniper and Uh like the ultimate man killer. Um, But they are horribly messed up because, you know, their girlfriend died Uh in, in the uh, thing. And uh, it, you know, they go through like bunker brats, like, like women who were filled up by their rich parents during the crash and have like armies of other women. But the main conflict of it is not with the men, their problem, uh, but it's with the hunters dealing with a literal turf army, like a rad femme militia taking up the East coast. And like, this is why I talk about the zombie virus thing. Cause like the, the men as being these horrible monstrous things are really just become a psychic mythic representation of the terrors of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, they are rapacious eating infectious monsters that go after anything. Yeah. Um, but like when you see the, um, the rad fam turf army, like that's where you see the power of the zombie myth because like they constantly describe the leader of it. And like you like going in to see the leader's office and seeing like dissected pictures of trans women and like arrows pointed to shit. And like, it's not, 
it's not radical. It's just what happens online. It's like the mm-hmm. trans investigator psych, like, and these people are just obsessed with hunting them. And then you're just like, they're just doing that now. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I actually don't know why that would fucking stop if there was a zombie oh, sure. apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, like one of the characters is a is a uh, quote unquote chaser who works for the turf army and is self hatred, but like this horrible turf J.K. Rowling militia owner gave her love and shelter during a time when she was vulnerable. So she just swallows the self-hatred and goes along with it. And like, it's, it's, it's vital. It's about right now. It is, uh, unrelentingly horny uh, and also unrelentingly horrific. So it, it mixes those things in ways that were hard for my little cishet man brain to get around, but I tried my best and it was uh, fantastic for it. And I really enjoy it. And uh, I would, I would highly recommend it to anybody who likes zombie stuff. Damn. I guess I'll have to read it then. Yeah, um, yeah that sounds great. Uh, I'd not heard of this novel. Did it just come out? Uh, yes, it's, it was on a bunch of 2022 horror show. Uh, okay, so yeah. uh, I'm, again, I'm doing red markets. Uh, yeah. Oh, research. Yeah. Volume two. And so I'm like, oh, I'll read some zombie stuff. And I, and I really lucked out on the first one because yeah. it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I do like this. Like, I wouldn't say recent, but like, I don't know, maybe in the last 10 years, horror in general has just become like, we're going to put our met. We're going to like have a message, a theme, and we're just going to fucking hammer. No subtlety. Fuck you. Like every like I, I started first notice it with get out. But like, you know, everything there's been so many movies and, and, and stories that have just like like it's blatant, but it's really well done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that this sounds like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very yeah. well done. Like as everything with the zombie narrative yeah, yeah. and like the way it sort of erases society and it lets the author make a statement about like the most tenacious things in society, mm-hmm. uh, like the things that deserve to be kept around and the things that won't die yeah. like zombies. Yeah. And uh, the way it does that for the trans experience is uh, like, is fantastic because like a constant ref uh, a constant refrain in the book is how everyone's fucking insane yeah and it's about like yeah because you went through the trauma of the apocalypse yeah but all the trans people are just like no we were already had all pretty much been driven insane by having to deal with these horrible cis monsters before the world <laughs> did like everyone had trauma everyone was just fucked up in like a unique mm-hmm. like self-defeating way that like still had to be overcome to create community because otherwise you die like these yeah. assholes will kill you um, and it was just a really powerful metaphor for like a thing right now that was also like an entertaining as shit like kill the zombie action book yeah 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 no, it's kind of like uh robbie yeah. the trans man yeah, yeah. is is uh i would i would have him on my taker team any day <laughs> of the fucking week uh, okay just uh pulling cards stacking bodies Hell like yeah, yeah. like hardcore action character yeah nice. like um god yeah burke and i were kind of talking about like how in night clerk uh how certain you know global events broke the brains of a lot of people you know like mm-hmm. 9-11 and like covid and you're just like and you know you i'm just like oh oh wait those people weren't already like broken by the world <laughs> oh they were that sh- they're that pe- they're people that sheltered out there it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah so yeah uh it's got that kind of vibe so cool uh no i really like it um uh, so let's see here let me uh let's see here i will mention a uh something i watched on netflix uh maddie and i watched recently uh kaleidoscope uh 
which is a heist series uh, starring the uh, uh, what the <laughs> I always blank on the name, uh, the actor who played Gus on Breaking Bad, but it's got uh, a lot. Uh, Esposito. Esposito. Yeah. And uh, it is what's interesting is the order of episodes. It, it's all chronological, like it from 25 years before the heist to the heist and then to the after. Well, actually, the heist is always the last episode because it's semi randomized. They say it's fully randomized, but like the last couple episodes are always in a certain order. Uh, but like the first five episodes are randomized and, and how you view them. And uh, so you get to find out why the heist is set up, who these characters are that are on the heist and uh, what happens to them. And uh, it's very uh, interesting and very well done. And it's kind of, it's very stylish. It's kind of done like Ocean's Eleven, but like the theme is a lot different than Ocean's Eleven. So, um, yeah, it's it's worth watching. It's only eight, uh, eight episodes. So uh, it's a it's a interesting uh, heist series. Very good. If you're like trying to do like Blades in the Dark or some other sort of heist focused game. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish Payday 3 was out so they could do the inevitable DLC tie in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but uh, let's see here. You've been uh, playing some video games, too. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll talk about Neon White because in a lot of ways it's the opposite of Manhunt because I hate the writing. I absolutely loathe it. It was written by a horny weeb seventh grader. Yeah, no. It's uh, absolutely terrible. And uh, getting through the visual novel parts and the absurd story. The, here's the thing. It's not like. Like you watch like Jack Reacher or, mm-hmm. or not even Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher's fun. Uh, you watch like Jack Ryan. There we go. Uh, you watch like that shitty procedurally generated Amazon stuff. And it's so like, <laughs> meh. it's so meh that like it doesn't feel bad. Like because you never have you never pay attention to it's it. Well, it's yeah, you're just like, slick. Who's, yeah. who's that? Yeah. Uh, it's another CIA guy. OK, I'm fine. Yeah. Like it doesn't really register with you. This shit's so bad. I have to pay attention. Like I have to see every line. And then like it's voice acted by the guy who did the Toonami Spike Spiegel mm-hmm. uh, voiceover for Cowboy Bebop. So it kind of like recriminates me for my own weebness because like <laughs> it's the anime van voice you most associate with anime. And this is trash. You're trash. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh and this yet, hole was made for you yeah. and yet as much as i fucking hate the writing like the gameplay i've never had a bigger disconnect between a game i would play for fucking ever <laughs> and uh a game whose story i just want to stop please stop <laughs> <laughs> because it is a speed running game mm-hmm. uh but it is speed running in like 20 to 30 seconds like and that's when you do the level slow mm-hmm. like when you go slow and you want to get like a silver medal like at most it's like 40 second levels damn uh but it's all about you don't want to go slow you want to go fast you want to go as fast as you possibly can and it's got a very interesting like um all of the cards are guns. So like there's a pistol card and there's a long gun card and there's a shotgun card, mm-hmm. but they have discard abilities where you throw the gun away and it'll let you double jump or Ooh. it will let you do a dash or it will let you do a three directional dash while you're on fire that goes through things or it will let you stomp straight down and like, you know, reduce your, uh, you got these floaty sticky edges, coyote time, free running shit. So it's like those like CSGO, like grind maps mm-hmm. that like people do, but like, I don't have to dedicate 800 hours of my life to feel like really accomplished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or like deserve a summoning salt. I can just oh, yeah. play a level during lunch. Nice. And uh it's utterly addictive in that regard. I can't turn I it did off. get it for Christmas. I do need to try it out. Um so it yeah, because it's it's like you're you're like 
killing things for angels. It's like the afterlife. Or My FPS. biggest suggestion is to skip yeah. the visual novel as fast as possible without <laughs> reading the subtitles. Because once you read how cringy oh, that dialogue no. is, you're not going to be able to stop oh, reading no. it. And it's not going to stop being bad. Oh, no. Um, so I, I'm. it's too late for me. Okay. I have to know how this plays out. Yeah. And it's not going to be well. Oh, no. Um, but... Uh, the game in between is fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, so my uh, game playing time has been entirely taken up by a uh, long title. Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate Demon Hunters. There's two colons in there, I think. Um, We're getting into some uh, fucking uh, Kingdom Hearts shit. They 2.1 yeah. sleep past oh, memory. God. So... Um, <laughs> it is uh, a XCOM turn-based knockoff uh, where you command a chapter of the Grey Knights. The Grey Knights are the secret chapter of the Space Marines that fight demons secretly uh, for the Inquisition. Um, and you 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 go around this this sector, which is like you know twelve or twenty planets, and you you have to fight a massive plot by the cultists of Nurgle uh, that want to create a plague that will span the entire galaxy and kill trillions. And uh, so you have a spaceship that's been starts out damaged. You have to repair it for like strategic upgrades. Pick your guys, pick what weapons they use and like pick their abilities as they level up. And basically, oh, no, three planets all have missions at the same time. I can only have time to go to one and uh, get these rewards. And that I mean, the meat of the game is the turn base. Like you each character has action points you move them what Deck. class am i uh you're an interceptor uh which is the rogue type so you can teleport uh and do a lot of damage so i often think of myself as lithe yeah agile yeah, for a space marine you're very lithe yes. um so you don't have much in the way of tanking or uh damage reduction or anything but you can teleport to a dude and stab him repeatedly with a six foot sword i can do that yeah 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 and you channel your psychic energy of the warp in order into your foes through your mat your force sword uh only when i'm high now yeah yeah (laughs) there's got to be some escape yeah yeah uh you can even do a teleport strike where you teleport through a bunch of enemies in a row um so i can do that but like it it makes me like it makes me really uh, stuffy in the morning. Yeah. So I typically avoid it. Yeah. So if you're just an addict to these kind of games, uh, I mean, I love XCOM. I've beaten that and XCOM 2 and the expansions. I've played through it multiple times. Um, With uh, Macho Man Randy Savage mods. Oh, yeah. Hun- yeah. Well, you play baseline first and <laughs> then you wait a year for the Steam Workshop community to really kick in. And then you add in all the mods so much that the game crashes half the time. Yeah, uh, you got to get above your tolerance. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, and that's how bad my tolerance is, as I'm willing. This game is I have mixed feelings about it. You're, yeah, you're on some stepped on 40K. Yeah, shit. yeah, exactly. It crashes. Well, it doesn't crash. Sometimes when I start the game up, it soft locks my computer and I have to reboot. Uh, so uh, Ross the, stole my catalytic converter to put this on the Steam page. <laughs> just FYI. And uh, there the game is 
even on standard difficulty, it can be punishingly hard if you don't figure out the game mechanics, which the game's tutorials god awful. Like I had to, I had to look up and figure out, oh, this is the stuff. Sounds you, like a 40k game. Yeah, yeah. It is it is not explained how you actually do enough damage to kill the bad guys towards the end of the game. Uh, and then there's just all these punishingly bad RNG events that can just end a run. So, you know, I, I saved Skyrim. I reloaded a bunch of saves. I like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. That That's garbage. Fuck you. Uh, until I finally got the RNG for the strategic events like uh uh yeah so if you like xcom games and you're willing to tolerate a buggy game with some flawed mechanics it uh, does have some really interesting boss fights it has some really does have really interesting mechanics um like there's a whole crit system where uh when you do melee or certain attacks uh, uh you have a chance of critting and you can either cut off their limbs so like they can't the, that evil space marine can't shoot his gun if you cut his arm off um or if you if you uh stun lock them and then hit them with a melee attack you can execute them and everyone gets an action point for that. So um, you've executed many uh, uh, death guard plague space Marines. So good job there. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I liked it and I'm about to beat it. Uh, I, at the last mission uh, where I have to Look, fight. Sometimes you don't want something good. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Something you got to pay attention to because it's like good and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you want mids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want a mid game. Yeah. Yeah. Something I can spend waste time on playing while I'm not really. Yeah. I want to watch a movie while I kind of play this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, This is perfect for that, especially when it goes on sale. It's only like 27 bucks. Um, But speaking of cheaper games, you've been playing another game, too. Uh, so Baz at Future Wolfington almost close to 700 subs. So you should get over there if you haven't yet. Mm -hmm. Um. He and I were playing Stallcraft, which is a Minecraft mod. Hear me out. Hear mm-hmm. me out. Uh, a Minecraft mod uh, meant to emulate Stalker. Mm-hmm. So it's basically an enormous, like, how big could you make Stalker if it had literally the most optimized rendering <laughs> of any game system possible? And the answer is real fucking big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've added in, like, basically like uh realistic firearms like realistic aku's and shit like all this a- bullet drop all sorts of stupid shit you don't need in a minecraft mod <laughs> uh what's well, a standalone game right free to play yeah it's a completely standalone free to play game and uh the monsters look really creepy mm-hmm. and it's really huge i will say it's very grindy like you got to go out and well, get free to play yeah. yeah you got to go out and get 20 boar teeth before someone <laughs> will give you like a rusty pea shooter, but like as a guy, again, as a guy who made red markets, love me some stalker and like, yeah, that's fair. You don't, you don't get rich quick. And if you do, you died. Uh, but there's anomalies, there's monsters, there's, uh, other factions that shoot at you and that's all fun. Um, but it's too grindy and I'm playing neon white and I don't care. So I haven't played it other than like a couple of <laughs> times, but what I will say yeah. is the soundtrack is, like like <laughs> would listen to the night clerk episode about the soundtrack okay. very good um it's not quite soviet wave which is just like if you're if you're not into that side of things that's like slowed down boris yelchin singing at a political rally behind like an even more slowed down bit crushed nice, like 90s nice, nice. Uh, discotheque beat that'd yeah. be more Soviet wave is like more nostalgic and stuff. Uh, it is almost all like Soviet post punk and like shoegaze. Like if you if you do the white guy weird shoulder shuffle mm-hmm. and that's all you can do for dancing, mm-hmm. this will get your hips moving. Hell yeah, barely because you are right. white and doing the shoulder shuffle <laughs> like me. Uh, but like no, the Stallcraft playlist it is very uh, 
it's everyone sounds like they grew up in a hab block and it's very good and i like it a lot nice, nice, uh, nice. so i it, that is a game i have stopped playing and just listened to the soundtrack exclusively so uh cool um oh yeah also uh, you mentioned uh nightclerk yeah we are going to be doing an episode with you on nightclerk radio talking about the new cryo chamber cthulhu mythos album album of 2022 Shathogway. uh and that'll be out soon and i'll put links in social media but just go to nightclerkradio.com and listen and subscribe it's a good podcast about music and culture and fun things uh like vaporwave which is you know the greatest music genre i think we can all agree no further discretion uh this episode <laughs> is over uh <laughs> uh thank you again caleb and how can people find you on the internet's uh, I am Hebanon G Cal uh, for as long as Twitter survives, and there's mm-hmm. a link tree up there. So uh, link tree Hebanon G Cal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and we'll talk to you all later. Yeah. Please let us know what you think about the OGL situation. Uh, probably by the time I post this episode, there's going to be another development in the in the this controversy. But who can keep track of them all? They they just ongoing. Just remember, we both won. Tell your <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Hey, it's Russ Bain. I'm talking into a microphone. All right. Get those sweet dulcet tones. Caleb? Oh, I should also do that. Yes. I am doing it currently. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Fair to middling. Fair to middling? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice day. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of baseline right baseline. now. Baseline? Okay. Know, resting well. heart rate. Not really... <laughs> writing the hive podcasting anymore it's okay yeah i'm just sort of you know keeping the jitters away oh okay keeping the podcast withdrawal away (laughs) it's not like your first hit you know oh this is the methadone of podcasting for you Mm -hmm. okay all Mm -hmm. right thanks Uh, all right i'll take what i can get i guess um